0: You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey guys, I'm your host, Neil Perek here with my co-host, David Lahav, and for another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. David, how you Hey doing? guys,
0: uh, doing great. Great to be here.
1: Good stuff. Well, David, where are you right now?
0: So I am in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, I just got into a kind of a community house here for the summer.
1: What is a community house?
0: Sort of like? <laughs> um, so we're currently... Three people in the house. Um, one of the guys here has a partner that's currently in Bali and she's coming back in a week or two. Okay. And so we have a big house by the mountains. And the part that makes this a community is that we really, you know, instead of just being roommates where each person kind of lives in their own room and there isn't a lot of interaction, the idea is that we do a lot of things together. So we, Workout um, every day together. Everything is super open, conscious. There's uh, an ecstatic dance happening every week. Um, you uh-huh. can host events in the house and kind of invite your friends um, also to come. So there's, there's a lot of space, there's a lot of cool facilities and the idea is to, to really share it and, and connect with people.
1: Is it like a curated community or is this just the, the tenants who live there are all doing that?
0: Yeah, just, just the tenants that, that live here. And they kind of found each other in the last year or so and, and connected and wanted to live together. Um, this yeah. was, I think, especially an amazing concept during COVID when you didn't right. have a lot of interaction, all of a sudden you you have your own little community that you can do things around the house.
1: Yeah, love it. Yeah, for like a year uh, during my travels, I exclusively stayed at co-living places because I love them so much, right? You, you kind of want that community aspect while traveling, get a lot of different thoughts and opinions in one house right it just helps spur a lot of uh, conversations so i love it absolutely
0: also. and and for me it's kind of been a, a little dream come true because when i was in tulum a couple months ago i was considering to start something like this like get a big house hmm. and then find two other people two other entrepreneurs that i feel aligned with and kind of all live together and and have this yeah. awesome lifestyle and then it found me in boulder
1: it is incredible how it, sometimes you just think about something and eventually it does happen but i think that's an entire podcast or ten <laughs> I agreed. Yeah, uh, David. I think one thing that would be cool for the audience to hear is uh, a week or two ago we did a podcast talking about acquisitions, how to identify micro acquisitions, major acquisitions, how to structure the deal in a creative way, in order for someone to buy a business right out of the gate. Uh, a quick update for the audience, if I could share, David, would be that you are currently in an acquisition scenario. Is that right?
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So right now, we are looking to partner with one of our competitors um, in our in our business in California. And uh, the way we're structuring it is that we'll be uh, buying 50% of his company as stage one. And uh, we'll be paying out of the profits that we get as 50% partner. So essentially, it's a zero zero money down deal for us.
1: Wow. So, okay, cool. I think there's a lot to unpack there. So today's episode is going to revolve around this stuff. I, mean, I think I'm super excited to learn a bunch about this. So I'm just going to ask you questions. <laughs> sure. And, uh, learn about this and, and have a lot of value for everyone. So first of all, how did this come about? You said that your biggest competitor wants to partner up. Is this an organic thing? Did you do outreach? How did this deal come about? Yeah.
0: So actually it started around six or eight months ago when we bought the company that we currently have in California. And Mm -hmm. we had this idea from the get go, let's merge our operations um, and have one big company because we, you know, we bought that company, we put a lot of investments in growth and hiring and equipment. And so we from from the beginning, we had an idea that if we merge together, it's going to be much better for everybody. But that Mm -hmm. deal kind of ended up falling apart last minute. Um, mostly because I think he caught a little bit of cold feet okay. and, uh, he wasn't sure because he already had an established business and we were just, you know, buying a new business and entering, he was like, Hmm, I don't know if this guys can deliver on, on what they say they can. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's seen us do some pretty cool stuff in the last eight months.
1: Very cool. So the conversation reopened and David was the initial conversation. Hey, you guys can buy my business for X amount of money or yeah, how, how did the initial conversations go?
0: The initial conversation was uh, pretty much uh, him reaching out to us and wanting to get the same deal that we had talked about six or eight months ago, ah, okay. but from our end, because things have really changed and, you know, we put a lot of investment and a lot of things have worked out uh, for us. That deal is no longer a good one. So mm. we said, uh, what we are willing to do is to become partners in your business as uh, as stage one. And then after a year that we see that everything's going well together, then we can do that merge that we had uh, planned in the first place.
1: I love that. And for everyone listening, this is a perfect example of um, the analogy I always use. You can't steer a parked car because David is in the industry and in the note because he just took action. That's when these opportunities came to him, right? It's, it's not as if, uh, he's did a ton of cold outreach and something came up. It's because, WD you are in the industry, you were around, you mm-hmm. made these connections for a while, and they kind of cultivate over time, and now they present it to you. Uh, something Absolutely. similar to happened to us uh, just with the power of networking, right? You're just in the industry and things pop up, at least for us, it's on the franchise world, where someone said, hey, do you want to acquire us? We said, uh, you know, this is someone I just had a connection with loosely for the last couple of years, but they just knew us because of what's going on in that world. So that's also a conversation for the day, if it goes through, uh, just opportunities which come up from pure networking on our end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Love it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. Davi, back to diligence. So first of all, when you're looking at a company, I think everyone, including myself, is wondering, how do you even know if they're legit? Like, do you just look at the tax returns, which could show anything they want? Really? Did you look at the financials? Like, what do you do to make sure that what you're buying is on the dud?
0: Yeah, so you take a look at everything. But you probably know this as well, Neil, once you're in the business, then it's really easy for you to kind of take a look and see if the numbers make sense, if if everything looks legit. Mm -hmm. Um, So it becomes really easy, like the CRM that they're using, um, bank accounts, tax returns, and you kind of know what things should look like. So in your case, Neil, you probably know what a cleaner should be paid. And if you see that they're using the same software as you, you can go in there and kind of see things rolling and and make sure that nothing there is fake.
1: Got it. And during your diligence process, how long does that take you? Do you, is that, is that negotiated saying we're going to do diligence on your company for a month or two months or how does Mm -hmm. that work?
0: So for someone who's just getting started. Uh, definitely something you want to do for a few weeks or a month, and you want to have uh, someone who is experienced, involved, or have an accountant that specializes in it. Uh-huh. In my case, because we already did due, g- due diligence uh, eight months ago, uh, now the due diligence has been much quicker. And also, um, many ways of structuring this are to do like a really preliminary due diligence, uh-huh. then sign some c- kind of LOI or um, or contract and have a clause that says during this time, I'm going to do the deep dive due diligence. Um, so on one hand, you're not delaying the transaction because of due diligence, but you also have the opportunity to do uh, an in-depth one and then back out if something, uh, is fishy indeed.
1: Got it. So just LOIs, anyone listening could probably find one of those online and Mm -hmm. customize it for what they want. Letter of intent is what is what it stands for
0: yes and then you want to hit the big terms there like what is the price uh who's buying who what's what Mm -hmm. percentages what dates do you aim to uh, close and any additional like big things that you've agreed on with the seller of the business
1: so let's talk about how you structure this one because i think this is fascinating you're doing this for no money down yes why would the seller agree to this (laughs)
0: Great question. I, I was thinking also like that people might be might be thinking this. So this specific guy, he is so talented in growing businesses, starting businesses, growing businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a relatively young guy in his mid twenties, and he already built uh, a seven figure company that's mm-hmm. making a healthy profit. But he's pretty much hating life because of the operation side of the business. Mm-hmm. So because we have really good experience in operating the companies, our partnership makes a lot of sense because we can take off all of the headaches of running the day-to-day of the business with the managers that we have, with the teams that we have, with the systems that we have. Mm-hmm. And he can continue growing our business together. Or if he wanted to, he can, he just move to another state as well. Um, he can start a new locksmith company there.
1: I see. So you are merging your current business with his. It's not just he's giving you 50% of it.
0: So we're not really merging yet, okay. but we are utilizing the people we have on the ground and, uh, the organization and the office and, and things like that to create synergies
1: and the benefit for him, for giving you guys 50% is just, are you providing labor and covering that cost or why would he give you 50%? When so you yeah.
0: we're not getting the 50% for free we're paying for it, but we're just paying um, as if, you know, we bought a real estate company with a 100% loan, right? So he's essentially giving us a loan on the part that we need to pay him. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Got it, got it. And then you, you'd set the terms for how long it might take to pay that off, or at least a, a estimate on how long yes. it takes to pay
0: it off. So we, we've, uh, we've planned for two years to make those two payments. Two years, wow. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, was he looking for cash up front and you said, no, we're going to do this type of situation.
0: Ideally he wanted cash up front, but he wants this partnership enough to say, okay, I, I don't mind. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind doing seller financing. Yeah.
1: I think this is a fantastic example because, um, everyone's motivation is different and how we view the world is not how other people view the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So just cause we're like, why would someone agree to that? their incentives and their priorities are so different from ours and it's, it's sometimes it'd be hard to know that because we're reviewing the world through our lens uh um, yeah and, so it isn't boring just to, like what you did get creative throughout the offer and you know it could stick with them
0: yeah and and um the other thing that's true here is that if there are any special circumstances that normally make things easier to get more creative so if the person really feels burnt out and wants to exit mm-hmm. the business if they need to move um, out of state. If they have a big life event, um, you know, like somebody died or a divorce or something like that, they might want to get a deal done quicker, not worry about things yep. and, uh, and are willing to extend things like, like this or, or give big discounts or something like that.
1: David, when you know that's happening, do you negotiate harder? Cause you know, they're a motivated seller.
0: My philosophy is always to focus on win-wins. So for me, what I'm working hard on is how do we make sure that this is a big win for him as well. And not mm-hmm. just personally, but also financially. Yep. So my goal is as fast as possible to double this business. So essentially, he has no headache and the same level of income and even more uh, income and equity
1: i love that even though he he
0: only owns 50 percent now
1: yeah what you said is you're always looking for the win-win situation with any acquisition Mm -hmm. yeah i love that mentality of going into it uh one thing i do want to note too is um we're talking about the diligence phase and for me uh, i'm the same where if i look at uh for example we're looking at this target for an acquisition um if i look at the numbers i'm going to be able to know if whether it's good or not i know what the I know everything. I know my margins. I know how much it should cost. I know how much you have to factor in for refunds. I know everything. So if I look at the numbers, I can quickly tell if it's a good business or not. exact same thing you said. For a lot of the listeners of the show, you might not have that experience yet because you're just getting entrepreneurship. David, what would you recommend people do who want to potentially buy a business who don't know that industry?
0: Mm-hmm. Hmm. So how can you get that same level of knowledge? So most likely by trying to find someone who is in the business to Uh consult you on it uh, to be able to maybe share some of the financial with them or just get a good idea from them, like saying, hey, you know, how much what percentage do you normally spend on cleaners or on locksmiths? And, um, you know, what is the total profit margin that you're able to see? Uh, for the business and then you're kind of looking for where there are big differences small differences I'm sure there are gonna be because every business is done a little bit differently mm-hmm. different states different cities different prices But you know, it would be really strange if there is a cleaning company that runs at an 80% profit margin and then um, The one you're looking at is running at 10% one of those two there is something either really unique going on or something is not right in the numbers
1: yep that that, exactly what i would say is i think initially when you're looking at businesses you could you could of course just do google research to figure out industry standards what should be the standard for this industry so you kind of loosely know however once you actually dive into the business that is where in my opinion you should pay for help if it becomes real um, and that would be where I would recommend, uh, every, every industry now has a business coach. There's always some business coach for any industry. For example, cleaning companies, so there's a ton of cleaning company coaches, I'm sure for locksmith companies, there's coaches who've had locksmith companies and now they're just coaching other entrepreneurs who have locksmith mm-hmm. the companies. These people know numbers in and out because they're coaching people in that industry. Reach out to them and say, I want to pay you, I want to pay you an hour for coaching. I'd like you to help me do just diligence. Um, And see if that's a possibility because those are the ones who had a lot of insight into the numbers and could steer you clear of a lemon
0: Yeah, and and potentially other sources could be accountants that special in acquisitions and accountants Mm. in general Like if you have an accountant that did the books for 10 cleaning companies They should have a pretty good idea if what they're seeing with your acquisition target makes sense or not and another option is business brokers, so they also have seen uh, a good amount of of companies selling. Uh, in this case specifically, they n- might not be a side, uh, but if you're already working with one and you know you're looking at some of their deals, they might be you know willing to help and take a quick look to see if yeah. anything jumps out to them.
1: Absolutely. So the, now that you've structured this deal, you let's say you started, you have the deal structured, maybe submitted LOI, you start the diligence process, which at this point you're completely with. How does this go? What happens next? What Does the process look like? <laughs>
0: Yeah. So at the moment we have a pretty good idea of what the deal structure is looking like, and then the process. So this only started about a week ago and we're mm-hmm. trying to close, um, like get a contract done within a couple of weeks and then actual closing within like three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a saying that, uh, time kills deals. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, there is kind of mutual incentive to get things, uh done relatively quickly but also not too quick so you miss things and you mess things up so it's kind of a kind of a balance Uh, what's been happening over the last few days is that every day something new pops up that we haven't thought about before that's kind of crucial and especially in our case because um technically we're still going to be competing our other business in california is going to be competing with our new partnership uh, we're we're kind of ironing out some complexities there and, and trying to make it so it's fair to all sides involved. Yeah. So, yeah. so the last few days have been a little bit more on the human side of, you know, figuring out things, communicating, discussing them. Um, the business partner we're working with is a little bit younger uh, and potentially has a little bit more of an explosive personality. <laughs> um, so things can get a little heated during this mm-hmm. process. Um, but yeah so it's it's much more about around the communication soft skills expectations and and working through these challenges
1: yeah yeah i love it did you ever consider taking out a loan for this like maybe when you originally stopped talking with them were you considering taking out a business loan to buy this company
0: yes so originally when we um when we thought about our partnership eight months ago uh we definitely um had this in mind what has changed during this time is that we made other acquisitions took out other loans so now we're at a place where we're not interested to take any more loans
1: mm. got it so you originally did do the loan route in order to uh, make acquisitions but now you don't need that
0: right gotcha. the, the way I kind of approach it is um having similar to workout and fitness kind of bulk mm-hmm. and lean stages so so the way that i approach this is very similar to working out to have lean and bulk stages Hmm. so the the bulking up has been buying businesses taking loans and now the lean phases are growing those companies managing them well and starting to pay off the debt
1: yeah i love that good uh david lastly uh on this acquisition i know last we spoke you mentioned kind of kind of along this phase of hey you're done doing acquisitions for now, uh, and then this one kind of popped up. So when you told me that you're in acquisition, <laughs> I was like, "Hey, I'm a little bit surprised. Actually, I thought you were done with the bulk phase." Uh, what caused you to say, "Yeah, I should do this"? Was it just that the opportunity was too good to pass up?
0: What, yeah, what- just just the opportunity that that came up. Um, you know, life is full of surprises, so this was definitely a surprise. And then because it is more of a creative deal with zero money down, not needing to take any more loans, um, that's kind of what what helped it pass the the screening so uh and and make it a a, a hell yes to do
1: yep yep um
0: I I do want to mention one more cool thing uh Neil that uh, I think everybody uh here would be interested to know so with acquisitions for local companies and this is something that's cool about this deal um normally it's pretty hard to get the company to sell at um like a high multiple so Mm -hmm if if we haven't talked about this before the idea is that um, you get a business valuation when you want to buy a company or sell a company and that valuation normally is made out of two numbers one number is how much profit you have in the company the second number <coughs> excuse me is uh the multiple that you can get of those profits so let's say your company just to simplify is making a hundred thousand dollars in profit a year and you're able to get a 3x multiple then your business is worth 300,000.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: in reality most local companies have a hard time getting uh even like a 2x multiple so a lot of the deals close between 1x to 2x and the things that affect this is how well the business is organized the systems are their managers how involved the owner is um, things like that so in this deal specifically Uh, One of the cool things is that both for our partner and for us, because we're taking a company that's not very organized and tagging it along to a company that is organized, it can take it from a lower multiple Mm -hmm. and raise it to a higher multiple just like that um, because it raises the valuation. And if we do sell all these companies together, then the new owner can be completely... um, completely like absentee owner, have no yep. no experience, and the business is still gonna run well, which is a lot of what you and I Neil are working on in our remote local companies.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's such a huge point with the valuations. One other thing I'd like to mention that I David, I think you were doing very sharply is valuations are based off company size, right? Small companies will have lower multiples. That's just kind of how it is, especially in the local realm. So all of a sudden, if W has multiple companies and combined, they're doing a certain number of revenue profit, he's going to get a higher multiple on that because there's a little bit more surety for the buyer. There's less risk because it's very big. Uh, And if it's perfectly systemized as well, that's even a bigger multiple. So just the fact of optimizing it increases multiples and also having a bigger operation will increase multiples as well
0: absolutely and there's really like no limit to to how far this can scale. You can just do this do this on a small scale by by buying small companies and adding them to your main company or you could go like as far as you know making massive acquisitions, creating a nationwide operation and even like going public with this company or getting bought by you know a, a really really big company that will really value the fact that um, you have operations in a lot of different states and willing to pay a really big premium for that.
1: Yep. Yep. And you could do it all from your computer in the middle of Tulum or to, <laughs> or you want to be.
0: Exactly. That's yeah. that's the beauty of it.
1: Yeah. Well, David, thank you very much for sharing. I'm sure we're going to have an update on the later episode, if and when this actually goes through, just to give the audience some closure and uh, a full understanding of how the negotiations went.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening to the Role Local podcast, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Catch you soon. thanks again for listening guys there are two ways i could help you out number one is with made this franchise if you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone we have you covered with everything from a to z check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business the next is with the remote local blueprint which is a course i launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche it's do it yourself at your own pace and you can check that out at blueprint.bremotelocal.com